0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Allianz.
1: Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.
2: Hello there and welcome to the Irish Examiner's Alliance League Review. Brought to you by Allianz, sponsors of the GA and Allianz leagues for 27 years. Well, it may be a bank holiday Monday, but there is no rest for us here in Irish Examiner HQ. On the show today, we discuss the weekend's Alliance League action in both codes. Plus, we take a look at yesterday's club football and hurling finals. First up on the podcast is Anthony Daly, who was in Crow Park yesterday for Ballyhale Shamrock's victory over St. Thomas. We began by talking not about the game itself, but the days, with Anthony believing the club deciders should be moved from their St. Patrick's Day slot.
1: Yeah, I don't think they'd mind Cullum, you know, it'd be still a massive day out once you'd secured and it was on in Croker. I don't think the whole St Patrick's Day matters, the whole pile, to be honest with you. Um, and I think even Henry Shefflin, in his interview afterwards, um, didn't stay on for football now, I have to admit. Uh, but listen to him on the way down the road, um, he said they wouldn't, you know, it's, it's such. They play Bowden in the Leinster final, I think. Was it early November and like just to have one match in that and Teddy's there? That doesn't logistically make any sense really, does it? So, yeah, I, I definitely think we could do it uh, moving it on and teams would be more ready. You know, um, we, we you know we were there for door twenty-one years ago, um, and we probably enjoyed Christmas too much. You have to be honest, thinking we've loads of time, you know? But our fitness levels, I'd say, dipped a fair bit and. Back up, we were very nearly got there, but we didn't. Um, so I, yeah, I don't think it helps anybody having that. A nice idea, St Patrick's aid, finals. the finals. The attendance, I didn't think it would be, be one by the four clubs in it, which I believe in the are four massive clubs. But if you look at attendances, like if you don't probably have an northern club, you know, either in either final, um, and if maybe if you don't have a Dublin club, you start to struggle with attendances, don't you? I mean. Killarney, like who's, you know, the Crookes code are going to go, the rest of Killarney are not going to go you know, and it's a bit uh, St. Thomas' is sparsely populated, Belly Hill, a bit the same you know, small enough places really like but obviously fantastic clubs um, so yeah, I would agree that it, it should be brought forward
2: Okay, you mentioned Henry Shefflin there, do you buy into all this talk that he is the man to replace Brian Cody, whenever whenever that might be?
1: Yeah, like yeah, uh, that has come a- you know that has come across all of it, all of his shot Cullum You know, um, Henry, year one management. You know, not too sure how we get on in Kilkenny and Wednesday Ireland club, but yeah, I and mean, obviously you, you have Eddie Brennan doing great work with Car- with Leash, and you have DJ who has done great work with Carlo IT, and now has the Kilkenny twenties for this year. So you've a few guys there now with, with big experience, and they're gaining that experience, but. He just, the uh, chef looks, you know, he just looks the part on the line. He seems to have that cool demeanour. You know, I'd say, well able to lay it on the line when he needs to. Um, and yet gets the business done. And, and, you know, I spoke to him very early in the year, like and when he took over. Last year, we would have been on together, we saying the Sunday game and things. and I was with Chemical Croaks and how were things going? And we all must arrange challenge matches, just didn't come off because of one thing and another didn't suit us didn't suit them and uh, he had problems with certain guys you know and would have told me who they were and I knew who they were um, and by God they were ironed out and uh, they were ironed out by one guy and that was Henry and uh, so he would have that ruthless streak um, yeah it was it's was, it was just a fantastic day for them yesterday and they've they got a bit of a scare to kick any semi-final and from then they've steamrolled really everyone else um, Barry, fair enough to Valley Gunner put it up to him for a long long time that was a great battle in the semi but uh, you know yesterday again 20 228 I mean and, and, and Thomas has only got their goal really late you know six minutes of injury time I think from Liverpool so yeah, they were miles ahead of Thomas yesterday and I, I look at I, I, I've said it in the piece the system is all wrong.
2: Yeah I was just going to go on to that you, you, the, the core argument that you were making in the piece is that Galway clubs, clubs coming out of, of Galway, are completely hindered in in the lead up to an All Ireland final.
1: Oh, and helped as well, uh, Cullum, let me tell you, because uh, you took a situation when you were in around the Galway semi finals. Lads were saying, Lads, we're two days away from being in Paddy's day if we beat the Northern Champions. And, like, let's face it, the Northern Champions, Bar Schlock Neil, through a spanner in the works there for a couple of year, years, uh, coming out of Derry and winning Ulster, have been the Antrim champions. Who let's face it are a Division Two A team. Um so the Galway champions every third year get to play a Division Two A club champion team to be in St Patrick's Day. So so when I said it like uh, you look at Bally Gunner, like beat Middleton, beat A in an epic semi final, beat Napier Sig, many people's favours to win the All Ireland. And still had to face into Ballyhale, and would have, and if they won would, that, would have still had to face into Thomas' yesterday. So you can't compare like with like. It's just this totally lopsided system. It's a disadvantage then to a Galway champion when they come up against a team as battle hardened as Ballyhale. But let me tell you, column a lot of them don't want to change it either because it's a real chance every three years that you just win Galway and, you, and you're in an Ireland semi-final. Number one, you know, you're in, like, and I think, look, the Galway teams now are into the Leinster Championship in nearly everything. So their club champions should go in there as well.
2: OK, very quickly, we'll take a look through the uh, Allianz Hurling League quarterfinals that were played at the weekend. I- I'd say there was probably a bit of a smile from you when you got the result from uh, Simple Stadium, Thurles on Saturday evening, your old... Pals, and I suppose still some of them very much uh, continued pals in Dublin defeating Tipperary.
1: Yeah, it was more than a smile, it was a good bit of a giggle. uh, Tell you the truth, Colin. Sorry, Larry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, it's great because uh, look at Thurlis has been, uh, and I said it on Saturday, it's been a very unhappy hunting ground for the Dubs. Um, But that was a great win to go down there, and um, you know, for Tip, uh, a bit. hard to know where Tip and Cork are at, isn't it? You know, in, in the league, uh, the inconsistency of both teams has been unbelievable, and um, you know, coming off the back of that, that training camp in Alicante, and then you know, blowing Cork away, down in Cork, and then come out, and you know, being, by all accounts, very, very poor. I only got the radio on that now, Marty and John Milan, but you're, that's like being at the match, in fairness to the two of them. Um, they're like Dublin more foot value, I think, and should have been further ahead at half time so yeah it's a great one for Dublin and it gives the league with Walter beating Clare as well like disappointed with that now from a clear point of view but it gives the league a real kick going into next Sunday and really looking forward now to you know great double header in in Nolan Park next week kind of novel uh double header and um, let's see you know really test Dublin now against Limerick the absolute farm team and Galway have it been beat by Watt for a couple of weeks ago. Face into them again now on on neutral ground this time round. So it uh, should be two great semi-finals um, and and really look forward to that great great scene for the Dubs. Like Matty Matty Matty, can he really put his stamp on it? And you know, as you said, call him some of my old soldiers, you know, doing really well. Like uh, you know, fellas like Chris Cromie there and uh, Paul Ryan coming off the bench. And you know, Aim and Dylan, great game by all accounts and even involved with Kilmaur now, seeing you know a good few of the boys playing was forward and playing at various stages. So, yeah, yeah, I think they have a good team, and I think they have a great chance of being in the tree in Leinster.
2: Okay, you mentioned Claire there. In discipline, really the them hugely down in uh, Walsh Park. I'm just looking. Was it something like 14 or 15 frees that Watford yeah. converted? Um, surprised with that
1: little bit because um, it was massively in play against Cork in Pocky Ring. I think Hoggy got 15 or 16 points in the from Freeze. Yeah, and, and you, um, you
2: mentioned afterwards that you know there was going to be huge lessons to be learned from that night, that they'd be back in at a training on, on Tuesday and reviewing the video in terms of tackling and concession of Freeze.
1: Yeah, and, and like Donald came straight out after the match, Donald Maloney, and said that you know we had that problem and we addressed it last year and we got it right for the championship. The worrying thing is you have you have um Stephen Bennett scoring fourteen frees again and uh twenty one points is a massive total to concede now, obvious, it's a couple of red cards and uh, the huge worry for Clare uh, outside of the tackling you've you have a couple of months now to get that right for the twelfth of May, uh, and they'll work hard on that is of clear Cleary's red card and they will be appealing it. I thought it was probably on the harsh side, but he'd be a massive loss because we really have looked at nobody else at centre-back. Um, he has been the lockdown centre-back and has been doing a really good job, in my opinion. And uh, So that's that's a huge worry if he's not there, facing down there. And like, the goalposts have shifted so much for Clare. I mean, we thought we'd probably be going to Turlett to take on Watford and then we'll be welcoming Tip to the Cusick Park. And would have a great chance of being on four points. And now it looks like, you know... Going to be going down there into the lines. Then if we can come out of there with anything, now I'd say a draw and clear management to take the hands off. You know, like and uh, so it's 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 yeah, it's it's worrying times for Clare. But look, it's still you know St Patrick's weekend, uh, still plenty time to get things work on. But the big thing from a Clare point of view, I think, is and not just to concentrate on Clare because Watford deserve all the credit on this one. Uh, the big thing from Clare is John Conlon not there, Shane O'Donnell over in Harvard. There's no ball sticking when it goes up into the full forward line. So we need Conlon back from injury, and we need Shane to pass the exams first time around in Harvard and getting back there mm-hmm. to clear in Shannon Airport as fast as we can. But from, from, Parry, from Parry Fannin's point of view, you know, um, to leave Bennett uh, on the freeze and to put Austin Gleeson wing forward, settling there, and Parry Manny on the other wing, and they both hit five from play, like that's a massive, that's a massive sea change for them. Kevin Moore at centre back, uh, They they could be anything before the year's out. be honest, then I suppose a lot of them taught, a lot of us taught before the year started that if they didn't have the home venue, they'd lose out again in Munster. Where now, and awful lot of people that would say will be shopping them into their tree to come out of Munster as well.
2: Okay, finally, Galway Wexford. Uh, Galway three twenty-one, Wexford three eleven. How would Davey be after that result?
1: he would be that he was seriously. Uh, it with Carl McAllister at half time and you know, Davy needs to channel that. He knows that himself, like he, he goes off on one or two of those every so often and, you know, it's not a look, that's Davy, that's just in his makeup. Like and he has tried to control that over the years and it's got much better at it and, you know, practice makes perfect. But I mean it did seem like some of the threes were very harsh. But at the same time when he looks at the video, he will say, you know, we were ill disciplined. But like they were down they went down leading the, leading by a point going down the tunnel in Salt Hill and like we all know the Salt Hill breeze is, is a bigger breeze than anywhere else but like to be outscored 3-8 to 6 points in the second half would be a real worry for him and uh, yeah look I think again it's Wexford are in 1A and were very very competitive in every game I'd say outside of Limerick maybe they were the most consistent team in 1A uh, and Galway weren't really consistent they drew with Carlaw. They they lost to Watford. You know they, they finished third in one B. And now though, they're getting you know a bit of stability come back into their play or into the semi final. And I'm sure me Hall now will be looking at kicking on and and uh, trying to go all the way at this stage. I mean, what does anyone to lose now with a four semi It's only to go on and try and win it?
2: Now, as Anthony mentioned in there, one of the standout results of the weekend's Allianz League action was Dublin's victory over Tipperary in Thurles in Saturday's quarterfinal. Brendan O'Brien was there for us. and Brendan, firstly, what does this win tell us about where the dubs are at?
3: Um, it probably confirms what what we suspected off the back of their, their 1B campaign, especially the second half of that when, when they started meeting maybe some of the bigger teams. Um, Matty Kenny is clearly pointing them in the right direction at this stage. Um, But this is, it's probably a win that suggests they're a little bit further down the line than most of us imagined. Um, This was Dublin's first win over tip in tip in almost three quarters of a century. Um, And the way that they just dug in um, down the stretch was very, very similar to the manner that they won their last uh, two games against Watford, uh, which was their first against the McCarthy cup contender in two years and leash in that, they found a way to win both times when it would have been just much easier to fold.
2: And Brent, what did you think was the most impressive aspect of the win?
3: Well, again, the manner in which Dublin responded to Tipperary wiping out their first half lead um was probably the winning and the losing of the game. Uh 4 points up at half time having had the wind at their backs like that went that lead was just wiped out in the space of 4 minutes and Tip just came out and played much better hurling in that period. There was no wides. Um, their movement was slick Their touch was good um, And it looked really really bad for Dublin So you're looking at the clock thinking There's there's over half an hour here to play They're against a very very stiff wind Away to Tipperary where they, they did an awful record And yet they never buckled um, And Tip actually came back again And leveled twice more in the, cor- the course of the second half But they never got their necks in front um, Dublin just found an answer every time They were asked a question um, Very very impressive And who stood out for you? Um, well, maybe the first thing to point out is the fact that, again, Dublin didn't have Conal Keeney or, or Mark Schute. Um And you add to that then at the weekend, Liam Rush was a withdrawal with an injury that he picked up against Leish. Shane Barrett was absent as well. So, you know, this was by no means a fully locked and loaded Dublin team. Um, again, Paul Ryan, Keane Boland, they only came in off the bench but scored four points between them. So they're all huge positives in themselves even before you get into the starting fifteen. Um, and if, if the basis of every good team is defence will then Dublin look really really well set um, you'd own O'Donnell Sean Moore down the spine who were absolutely brilliant under the high ball and in general and they claimed four points between them as well on the day um, they really only gave Tipperary I'd say a half a sniff at goal and that was a brilliant long range effort that was struck low to Alan Nolan's left and he kind of turned it around the post and that was it so it's not like Tipperary were you know, sniffing around the goals all day. They just weren't. They didn't have that opportunity. And not just in defence then, obviously. I mean, you don't score the score like Dublin did and not have players further up the pitch. So you look at Danny Sutcliffe, who was heavily involved in the midfield and who was brilliant a couple of weeks ago against uh, Watford. Eamon Dillon got one three from play. Oshina Rourke was great from, uh, from dead balls. Uh, and you look at as well, I mean, we'll talk about Tipperary as well, but Dublin only landed... Half a dozen wides on the day, and that's particularly good given you know it was a poor pitch, it was terrible, wet, and windy conditions as well. Um, and and you know, you'd have to take your hats off to the management as well. Liam Sheedy admitted afterwards that Dublin had basically targeted them in the air, um, outfought them on the ground, um, but they were clever too as well. Some of their hurling, you know, short passing out of defence was really really good again in tough conditions. So, a lot to be positive about for Dublin.
2: No, all the plaudits to Dublin, but. What about Tipperary? Where are they
3: at? Um, yeah, where are Tip? I suppose that was a question everybody was asking before the league when Liam Sheedy took over, and it's still really a question that people are asking now that it's finished for them. They really only played in patches. We mentioned already that kind of four or five-minute spell after after the break when they really seemed to hit their stride and you're thinking, okay, let's see what they do now. They have the wind at their backs. They really should go on and, and punch home from here, but they didn't. And if you look at it, really, the main bright spots for Tip were kind of off the bench. Um, the biggest cheer today, obviously, was Brendan Marr making his first appearance um, since his cruciate ligament trouble last summer. Uh, Mark Yo came on, added two really good points. After that, like you're scratching around for positives. Um, if you wanted to be an apologist, I suppose, you could kind of say, well, hold on. Tip hit 18 wives. You land two or three of them, it's a different ball game. Suddenly you're talking about them and not Dublin meeting Limerick in a semi-final next weekend Um, but even the the wides kind of tell a tale in themselves like some of them were just unbelievably poor efforts it was sloppy stuff Um, you know you could argue that Dublin's defensive um, abilities made a lot of them tough but there was a few points that should have been landed under very little pressure not exactly at great distance or great angles but they were struck wide and that sort of stuff just isn't forgivable really at any time of the year um, you look at Tip now that they're out of the, out of the league they lost three their games including the weekends by a single point and they had really big wins against Clare and Cork so you could argue that they're not that far away and yet that old habit that Tip have had in recent years of coming out the wrong end of tight games that's not really a habit you want to see coming back again they, they still look like a side that could do with more games Matty Kenny, the Dublin manager, spoke about this after they beat Waterford a few weeks ago you know, he's a manager like Liam Sheedy. He's just in the door, still getting to know his panel and his players. And really, this was a game between two two teams who could really do it an extra game or two. Um, Liam Sheedy was talking afterwards about, right, yeah, that's gone. League is over. Now it's back into, you know, training games for us, 15 on 15. But at the end of the day, you're still looking at a Tipperary side that is approaching their first Munster Championship game in May with a history a recent history of inconsistency and we we just don't know where they are so remains to be seen
2: now a quick mention of the sponsors of our podcast allianz insurance support people and communities throughout ireland and have sponsored the allianz leagues and allianz come in the skull for over 27 years go to allianz.ie today for a home motor or pet quote allianz now, turning our attention to football, and John Fogarty was in Croke Park on Saturday night for Tyrone's victory over Dublin. The result aside, it means that Dublin can't now make the league final. So, John, no league final for Dublin. Is is Jim Gavin worried?
0: No league final for the first time in Jim Gavin's reign for Dublin, and uh, that will uh, upset them a little bit. Um, Jim Gavin, certainly um, in the press conference afterwards, was the most critical I've ever seen of him, of, of his team, and he more or less suggested that there are going to be quite some changes to the team to face Cavan in what is a dead rubber for them this Sunday. Obviously, it's not for Cavan because they still have a an outside chance of avoiding relegation, but this was a sobering game for for uh, the Dubs and, and the supporters. Uh, not that they'd be getting too much worry because there's still a lot of guys to come in, um, but it's the fact that Jim Gavin didn't bring on Jack McCaffrey and the like from the bench was was quite surprising. In one way, their their attitude, the attitude of the of the of the players certainly wasn't uh, anything up to scratch. Didn't match Tyrone, who who were tenacious, were hungry, um, very much like Dublin do as well. Bring it to the line without crossing it, and uh, were excellent. What was most encouraging from a, a Tyrone perspective was the, the amount of ball they kicked into their full forwards. And again, this is a, a running theme now. Um, I know it was mentioned on League Sunday last night, but Dublin do have issues in their full-back line. And uh, The fact that Rory O'Carroll is back in the country is obviously going to start rumours, um, uh, much like uh, Dermot Conley rumours. But um, Rory O'Carroll is his own man, so we'll see what happens there. But there are definitely issues there. Johnny Cooper, you, you know you're, he's one of the first names on the team, but it's a question then of, of who goes alongside him. Philly McMahon obviously has to come back, but there are question marks there. Davy Byrne had his hands full. With Colin McShane the other night. Uh, Colin McShane was bringing in taking marks as he was and taking that goal, tucking the ball under Cluxton and Matty Donnelly as well. So it, it suggests that if you put physical, really physical players into that full forward line, and we saw it against Common as well, that Dublin do have issues there. Um, Keno O'Sullivan is a little bit below par at the moment. Um, he, was, uh, he was, he was, he was, t- t- he just, didn't look like he was at it there at the weekend Um, again though he is the the fulcrum of, of of so much of that defence, he is what uh, stitches it together. But the gaps between the full back line and the half back line were were yawning for Dublin at the weekend, and it's something that they they really have to be concerned about. And uh, from just from a, a Tyrone perspective, they've got progressively better as the, as 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 the campaign has gone on. They've just been really impressive the last couple of games, and for a team that started so poorly, especially that Mayo game, and um, there was talks of crisis and whatever again, that's something that Toronto are well used to at this stage, certainly Mickey Hart is but um, they now have a chance uh, of making um, a league final, which I did fancy them. I fancy Dublin and Tyrone at the start of the campaign. Obviously, I'm, I, I'm wrong with at least one of them there, but um, this Tyrone team looked like they are evolving and they needed to evolve. I made the point um a couple of weeks ago that um they who they started one game without any recognised inside forward and they did the same again on Saturday, but again, but it just shows the versatility and the total football that. Mickey Hart espouses that the likes of Colin McShane and Matty Donnelly, who are seriously strong men and are well capable of winning their own ball. But they can fit into that full forward line and it's looking very good for them at the moment.
2: Now, Cora Fenn joined the select group by retaining their All-Ireland Club Senior Football title on Sunday with a crushing victory over Dr Croakes. Now, after the game, we heard a very honest reaction from Dr Croakes selectors Nilo Callaghan and Edmund O'Sullivan. Admit that they were schooled by the better team at Croke Park on Sunday, and they also talk about the club futures of Column Cooper, Owen Brosnan, and manager Pat O'Shea.
4: Got schooled by the best team, you can say nothing went right, and then you can give all the platitudes and excuses you want to give. We're beaten by a far better team. Um, congratulations to Carfin, they 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 showed us how to play a game of football. We they took away everything that we brought that we thought was good, um, and they're a serious outfit and they're All-Ireland Champions and they're not ireland Champions for nothing. And we hold our heads up and we're beaten by the better team. Yeah, I can, I, can, I can tell you what went wrong or anything you want, but at the end of the day, we came in today with no excuses, none whatsoever. Every fella was fit. Every fella was training. We were confident enough coming in. And at the end of the day, Carfin beat us better. They played us better. They took away our strengths. They played really good football. Um, you can say the sending off was a turning point. It wasn't really. We can be honest enough, we were beaten by a better team. Uh, I, I, I can give you anything you want to hear, but at the end of the day, they schooled us. Do you
2: think it's the last Colin Cooper will play for Croaks now? Is that generally um, accepted?
0: Uh, no, I don't We'd
4: hope not. I
1: thought quite well when he came on. Um, obviously, I don't, uh, it's a conversation that we have to have with Colin. But I think he's a huge mount of offer, but I don't know, will he be prepared to be offering it from the bench or, or stacking? So I don't know what, what it is with him. And um, the great player, Owen has got his run out brought back this Grace, brought back the best. Yeah, but I suppose to me,
4: in fairness to Owen, it wasn't, he got his run out. I mean, you were at all the O'Donoghue Cup matches this year, Owen, you were at all the O'Donoghue Cup matches. Owen Braston was our best player. So... Uh, at 38 years of age and Kieran had a great game for them at fullback today, uh, Owen deserved to be there today, um, great club servant, and, and again Owen or column or anyone else, you'd hope they'll go on, you will hope they'll be part of the club and, and the club will go on, and, and this is, this is tough for us because there's so many people within the club that have helped our journey um, we have a group of six or eight women that come to training every night and cook a, a meal that a five-star restaurant wouldn't cook for the boys because they're part of our club. Um, and that's, they're the people I, I'm so disappointed for to, to, to go face those people again because we've left those people down. They've made such an effort, um, and we do appreciate that. But it'll be a good test of our club to see where we go from here, but I'm, I've no doubt that we'll pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and go again and try and have another crack at these guys next year because they're outstanding, in fairness. Man.
0: Great morning, Kerry, saying there could be change at the top table as far as management's concerned. Is there any truth in that, that uh, his time is close?
4: Um, <laughs> um, that's, that's just a, a crazy question to ask to me. No comment. Question, the, answer, yeah, the answer is no comment.
2: And that's it for this week's podcast. Our thanks again to sponsors Allianz and to all our guests for joining us today. Thanks also to Larry Ryan, who edits and produces this podcast each and every week. To subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, just search for Examiner Sport. And while you're there, don't forget to leave a rating and a review. We always welcome your feedback. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud on Stitcher and on YouTube. Or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook or at irishexaminer.com forward slash podcast. We're back again, same time, same place next week. Hopefully, we'll have your company once more.
1: Alliance
3: Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.